You're listening to The Voice of Dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion, and today's story is A Leap Forward by Mikasi Wolf, who is a wolf mercenary writer. A Leap Forward had formerly appeared in Claw the Way to Victory by Goal Publications, formerly published by Jaffa Books, and Furry Trash by Rabbit Valley Press. You can find links to more of his stories on his Wikifur and Fur Affinity page. This is a story in three parts, which will continue next time and conclude at the end of the week. Please enjoy A Leap Forward by Mikasi Wolf, part one of three. Lazo dashed across the roof of one of the many five-story apartment buildings that dotted the neighborhood. Sinewy and powerful muscles coiled effortlessly against the wind on his lush, spotted fur. Right at the edge of a drop, he slammed a foot on top of the parapet, springing him over to the next building. Years of practiced ease kept his foot paws tucked upwards as he soared over five floors worth of air and potential death with room to spare as his toes and bum cleared the broken glass fused on the opposing wall. All paws landing flat against the ground, he continued unfettered, black-tipped tail lashing twice for balance. The civet's strides ate up the steel stairs leading up before him, practically dancing over three at a time. He had no idea what he was running towards, but that was simply the guidance that came with the flow. There was a certain thrill to the chase, not the chase of quarry, but the chase for the freedom the open roofs offered. Here, the land belonged to no one, save the birds and anyone with the skill and dexterity they had been born or imbued with, and how many in the neighborhood could really deny that fact? His muscles uncoiled, even as he threw his spotted and striped body down to a lower level, thick fur cushioning the blow as he rolled over his white shoulder. Muzzle tucked against his chest as his legs fell back onto the ground. He stepped back up in a seamless movement, running onward to come what may. Paws stretched forward as he kept stride. Lazo double vaulted across two warm ventilation units, paws pushing twice against the humming surface. He sprung towards the wall of a stairwell at an angle, bunching one powerful foot off of it, and landed right atop a greyish building. Finally slowing himself to a walk, Lazo found the gargoyle at the edge and perched atop it. He surveyed the open expanse of the field of low-rise buildings and community spaces below, chest heaving slowly as a welcome breeze ruffled his fur. His muscles ached, but in a good way. Here atop the municipal building of Intersection he could see much of the city that mattered to the ground-dwellers, or grounders as was known to them. Something about this spot drew him constantly to it. Whether it was the weasel-shaped gargoyle so resembling the African civet he was, or the familiarity of the building layout here to that of his old hometown of Clichy-sous-Bois in the banlieue of Paris, he knew not, but here he felt at ease, the calm after the sweat and thrill his lifestyle offered. He observed a group of cubs playing ball down below, their cries audible even seven stories up. The largest, whom Lazo recognized from his previous brown musings as a brown bear, dashed through the other cubs with the ball at his feet, and Lazo almost smiled at the incredulity of it. A guy of his size would be better suited as a goalkeeper, and yet the bear found better use for it. By dashing through opponents without actually contacting them, he effectively cleared a path through psychological repulsion alone. Cubs would stay away so as not to be rammed away, but the bear would not be charged with a foul. A fine example of adapting one's body to your surroundings. Lazo's smile wavered as he saw a cub by the sidelines, watching the others play while he stood alone, his head following the ball as it journeyed across the patchy field. From his striped tail and black mask, Lazo knew he was a raccoon, looking strikingly similar to his younger brother. 
A lump crept into his heart as he remembered how he had felt when he was the raccoon's age, wanting to play but not being able to. Honesty, respect, humility, sacrifice, hard work. All these were the very principles of l'art du déplacement, the art of getting around. Over time, its disciples called it the movement. Lezot remembered that father valued only the last two principles when he taught his son most of what he knew about the movement. His training was harsh, intensive, and he didn't see the need for a kid to enjoy himself. Already ensuring Lezot and his other son, Cicel, did jobs for the local bosses when they were good enough to run. Getting away from danger was important when you lived in the poorer parts of a banlieue, the ghettos of Paris. The banlieues were never kind to the unwary or unprepared, and it was for their own survival that the brothers had to learn it fast. Father was foreign legion and had signed up back in the old country. His tour of duty had led him to Paris, and it was there he had set up roots, anxious that his cubs had the best life possible for one of their background. But things didn't always work, despite one's contributions to a society that quickly forgot about them, and he was only allowed a third-rate apartment in Clichy-sous-Bois. Having only the principles of the movement imparted to him by a mentor, he was confident that his family and community could put it to good use. Within months, the movement was thriving in their community, and the standard of living of their people had improved since then. They had enough to eat, which was something to be said for immigrants like them. Lezot barely heard the slide of denim against granite, followed by a faint thud of pads on the hard ground. "'Thinking much?' asked the newcomer, as he slid next to Lezot. The silky chocolate pelt of the British Angora cast a shadow onto the side of Lezot's vision. Lezot turned to him, his facial mask creasing. "'I'm sorry. Say again?' His English had improved a lot since he moved to this new land, but some of the euphemisms of the people, traceurs or otherwise, made understanding difficult at times. "'You can usually hear me around the time I tic-tac here,' said Liam, miming the wall jump Lezot had done to get here. "'Seems like you haven't. Wonderful game going on down there. Ever played it?' The cubs below howled as the bear scored. Lezot's jaw tightened. "'No, haven't got time.' His tail lashed and Liam felt it. Oh, it's fun. You should try football sometime. They call it soccer here, God knows why. I used to play before I left school. The cat licked the back of his paw, raspy tongue catching onto the fur. Donning a Slazenger sports vest and jeans, the cat always wore the khaki green docker's cap, front to back, such that he had to modify the ear holes to fit comfortably. Lezone knew that doing so allowed the cap to stay on even during strong winds or a particularly explosive moves. Too many beginners lost their brimmed headgear when the wind came. "'You're off work early,' said Lezot, nose twitching as he centred Liam. "'How was it?' Despite going through practically the same movements to get where he was, Liam never seemed to sweat much, but he had been accustomed to the movement and environment longer than he had. "'Oh, same old, same old,' said Liam with a wave of his paw. "'My regular client left a message on my cell, so I up and went to see what he had for me.' That's the ream of documents in a sealed envelope I'm supposed to drop off near the bus station, you know. The jobs aren't coming in nearly as much these days, Liam sighed. Lezo understood. Disciples of the movement made their living mainly through deliveries that would otherwise be impractical or unsafe through the normal channels. They functioned somewhat between a courier service and runner, getting the goods to a venue by a set time. Usually, they were urgent manifests or signed transfer orders that the shipping office and private establishments required in hard copy when handing over their goods, but half of the time, they were deliveries one was better off not knowing. 
Intersection was a city from which all avenues of transport led to the rest of the North American continent and beyond, and was therefore a major transfer point of goods between different cities, illicit or otherwise. Lezot had done document deliveries when he wasn't window washing, but had passed over all food delivery jobs ever since the incidents with the Chinese and Italian takeout. Noodles and pizza weren't the best of foods to be jostled around. "'But what else can we do?' asked the civet, turning to Liam. The Angora's ears flicked as he assessed him. "'The movement is our life. If we take on jobs down below, the very freedom we came for is lost.' Everyone knew the inconveniences associated with job application. IDs and background checks with the police were better off being left alone. An immigrant worth his salt avoided tangling with the police where he could. Liam let out a breath. Sometimes freedom is making the decision to accept change. He looked at the cubs and kids below, dispersing as they shook paws and got to his feet. All right, soccer game's over. Coming with me to the gathering? Lezo grinned and bounced back on the balls of his feet. When have I ever missed it? Eh, there's the first time for everything. Liam stuck out his tongue and dashed off. Lezo envied Liam. The cat bounced effortlessly across all obstacles that presented themselves. Never tiring, even as he completed explosive move after move, he kept his claws retracted when performing wall runs or vaults, only unsheathing them the moment he gripped onto a surface. Claws flipped out as he gripped onto an overhanging bar and flipped forward, his momentum throwing him forward in a perfect arc. There were advantages to being a cat, but the civet had no reason to be envious. The movement encouraged the use of any means possible to get to one's destination. As long as he remained a civet, he would take the environment in his stride and remember there was something new to learn each day. Lezo followed close behind, grinning at the claw marks the cat left on the concrete surfaces. Each day, the disciples of the movement, known as Tracers, would meet on their own mutually agreed roof for dinner and socialising and once a week there would be a get-together known as The Gathering, in which everyone would share their own thoughts and encouragement they might have for the rest of the immediate community. Lessons learned, job offers, and personal philosophies, everything went as long as it was constructive to one's well-being. From what Lezo understood, Trasseurs had been coming to intersection for years, most having left their previous homes for reasons including prosecution. Intersection's position and locality in the United States had made for an ideal stopping point for one to take a breath even as a decision on one's destination was formed. The cost of living and rent had made ground living impractical for most tracers, and the roofs became their homes. Finding a community that shared their beliefs and background gave many of them a reason to stay on. No one knew who the first tracer in intersection was, but for now, Liam had been the longest represented in this block. Liam and Lezo finished off with a forward body flip, landing upon a nearby roof. They walked over the floorboards laid over to their meeting point, breathing slowly as they felt the cool evening breeze. One of the few roofs with no roof features such as AC units or even a stairwell, the gathering ground was nicknamed The Patch. Here an old chimney stuffed with burning kindling worked as well as any campfire the tracers could stretch out around without any space constraints. Despite the dimming light, Lezo could see that some of the tracers were only just arriving. A red panda pounced from a cooling tower, gripping noiselessly onto an old telephone mast on the roof's edge. He peeled silently off the claw-marked wood as he descended headfirst in an overhead flip, nodding to Lezo as he got back up. In contrast, a patter of feet was punctuated with a chirp as a flash of brown landed, tumbling in a roll. Like all large-tailed tracers, the otter flattened his tail as he tumbled, softening the force of his fall through it. The otter gripping paws with Liam and Lezo. More of the tracers arrived, 
A mountain goat, Precision landed on the parapet with a signatory clack of hoofs, his chamois friend following two seconds behind. An ocelot, accompanied by a visiting binturong, clambered onto the patch, barely panting from the exertion of their climb. Liam glanced back from the campfire he was lighting as a cross between a snarl and a growl pierced the air. An oversized lump of black and brown fur bounced off the stairwell of an adjacent roof, flipping twice in the air before landing with a thump. The wolverine's companion, a marten, succeeded in only one flip but landed noiselessly next to his bigger counterpart with an exaggerated bow. "'Let's get this thing started,' bellowed the wolverine as the nearby tracers wrinkled their noses. The pungence of assorted spirits emanated from the large mustelid, and the clinking of his form-fitting pack suggested he had brought more for himself. Despite their size, wolverines were excellent jumpers, and Skya was all too anxious to remind them of that fact. As Lezo dragged an empty crate out from its tarpaulin, Kursky the mink ran up, slamming a foot onto it into a boost jump. Lezo growled as the mustelid landed, bouncing around the leopard Asun. The leopard waved off his insistences to match his moves, and Kruski sulked, looking furtively around for someone else to match his energy with. Those not helping to set up the gathering carried on with warm-down exercises and chatted among themselves. There were a couple of tracers who weren't from the community, but all who followed the philosophy of the movement were welcome. Laughter and wisecracks could be heard as the tracers recounted their day's experiences, some of them miming the moves they had perfected. Lezo could see an unfamiliar horse who stood nervously by as the others talked amongst themselves, throwing looks towards him every now and again. He looked quickly around for someone who might have introduced him, but nobody spared the horse more than a glance, probably a newcomer. Hey, Asun! Lezo greeted the leopard in Lingala, the language his family back home spoke when not out in public. It's good that you could play for us again. The leopard had brought his guitar, as he had the last two gatherings. It was a well-worn instrument, but Lezo knew that out of the many possessions of a tracer, a musical instrument was one of the most treasured. It was a companion and invoker of one's song and spirit, testifying to one's experiences in life. Asun grinned, fangs flashing in the firelight. When I have an instrument, I will play for everyone, but I won't be able to play for them unless it's songs of my own. The songs must come from one's heart to be true, is it not? Fair enough replied Lezo, and Asun mused back into his tune. It sounded like a traditional song from the Congo his mother had taught him when he was a cub. What was that again? Oh, yes. Or, in English, the current is very strong. Lezo saw Liam exchanging a couple of words with the nervous horse as he patted him on the shoulder, and he relaxed. If Liam was fine with the stranger, so was he. He tucked his feet against his chest and listened to Asun playing, but a question nagged at him, and soon cultural familiarity overrode the fear of posing the question. Asun, had you ever considered returning home? asked Lezo tensely. Many of the tracers came here to avoid conditions back home in the first place. Asun thought for a moment, and the strumming of his guitar slowed. You mean where? Home is here, on rooftops. His whiskers twitched as his rosetted brow creased in confusion. No, I meant back where you were previously from. Lezo switched back into a tongue the leopard was more familiar with, observing the leopard's muzzle and tail carefully. His tail didn't lash any more than it already was, so he could carry on for now. Asun nodded. We all have at some point in time. For the first month, it's difficult to think about all those we leave behind. Little brothers and sisters, and our mother too, of course. Not so much for our older brothers and father. He and Lezo laughed. But here... We have another family, a family in which we can all agree on the same thing. 
It is not perfect, but no family ever is, see? Back home, things were bad, so I came here. My skills came along with me, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I enjoy the freedom the movement gives us, but without a regular job, who are we really? Contributors? Freeloaders? Think forward, not backward. When you arrive somewhere, you think of the here and now, not the past. Lazo saw his point, but he couldn't imagine spending nine hours of the day cooped up within four walls, having to suffer the whims and fancies of countless different personalities, each with their own individual preference of food. Lazo had been inside fast food joints countless times. Here, every eatery seemed to be just that, and had always been overwhelmed by the sense of so many different species punctuated with the stink of stale oil and burnt meat. The very thought of being within a confined space was claustrophobia in itself, and Lazo could imagine that the freedom of the open air would be preferable any time. Asun was one of the few tracers who actually worked a job on the ground, not without reason. He did supplement his income with frequent deliveries at night, and Lazo suspected that it was as much a means of relieving that pent-up energy as well as being a nocturnal. Asun looked at Lazo. So, how fare you? Ready for the fast food job I told you about? Pay wasn't the worst last time I checked. His fangs flashed in a grin once more. Lazo's nose switched. Well, uh, you see... Great to have you here, everybody, spoke Liam as he stamped onto the wooden crate he now stood upon, beating out a tempo as his fluffy tail twitched. His London accent was tinged with that of the East Coast after years spent in intersection, but was no less coherent. On behalf of all tracers, gathered or otherwise, I will begin today's gathering with the creed of the movement. As has been taught and so instilled in us, the tracers chorused. Lazo shot a glance at the new horse who mouthed the last half of the sentence in time. We are all capable of any natural movement, as was so with our ancestors of long past, spoke Liam. He had taken off his headgear along with the other tracers. We are all capable of any natural movement, as was so with our ancestors of long past, the congregation replied. Lazo felt a chill through his spine as he felt the sense of belonging that pulsed through him each time the creed was spoken. There are no obstacles, only challenges, Liam emphasized the last word. There are no obstacles, only challenges. Without wings, we seek to find them. With paws and tails, we seek to best them. Liam swung a clenched paw forward. Lazo could pick up the horse's whinny as he stuttered. He flexed his own paws and muscles, the power of suggestion already spurring him to leap from roof to roof, if only the gathering allowed for it. We live by the principles of honesty, respect, humility, sacrifice, and hard work. We prove nothing to anyone but ourselves. Liam gritted his teeth at those gathered before him. Live by these words. Live by these words, completed the tracers. The Angora clapped his paws together. Those were the very guiding principles the father of the movement laid down thirty years back, when common people discovered they were capable of so much more with the very bodies with which we had come into the world. Without our principles we are nothing, for it is the spirit of the movement that makes us people, not merely the ways and means we get around. And today we have a visitor. Snos, would you like to introduce yourself? The horse gurgled. Uh, uh hi everyone he said, eyes darting to the tracers, boring their eyes on him. Hi, Snos, the seated tracers replied. Surely there's more to it than that. Don't be a pussy, drawled Skya in his thick accent. Respect, Skya, reminded Liam sharply. Snos, perhaps you should take the floor. The cat looked incredulously at the crate he was on, and the tracers laughed. All eyes were on the horse as he stepped towards the crate, hoofs clopping across the concrete. 
With a single uncertain leap, he clomped on top of the wooden surface to the cheers of the tracers. Not a good sign. Tracers weren't supposed to perform any moves they had little confidence in. Lazo didn't think that the hoofs were going to give him much traction for wall moves. The horse paced nervously on the makeshift stage, his throat muscles contracting and pulsing as he found his words. Now that the firelight was on him, Lazo could see that Snos was a palomino and kept himself fit. A black, unkempt mane crested and dripped over his sleek golden forehead, accentuating the whites of his eyes. Muscles across his chest and legs practically strained against the Nike track pants and shirt that he wore even as he moved, and for a moment Lazo wondered if he did it for the benefit of the onlookers. But there were no mares in their tressor community, or any other females yet for that matter, and the nervously flickering eyes and clicking teeth did not particularly strike him as a suave operator. "'Good evening, fellow runners. Tressors,' whispered Liam. Snoss's eyes widened at the cat before continuing, the locks of his mane flicking. "'Oh, sorry. Well, good evening, fellow tressors. I'm Snoss Tanner. I'm new to this community, but not so new to the movement itself.' Lasso could see a sheen of sweat on the Palomino's coat. I, I've seen you guys passing overhead every now and then, and I realize that there are others who understand the way I feel. I feel restricted by the very chains that bind many of us down, and I thought I might be able to better myself in life and in person, so here I am. He neighed nervously. Thank you, Snoss, said Liam. He leapt up on the crate in swift motion, even as Snoss descended, his tail barely flicking. We all know from the words of the founder that individuality is the very essence of l'art du déplacement, he continued. Without it, we can never be the unique selves that make us who we are, each and every individual distinctive from each other. We would be mere drones in the sea of society, achieving only what others had before us. But one cannot be stagnant in his beliefs, for to reject change is to reject self-improvement. Though we have but attuned our bodies and minds to the parts of the city, we need to help others on their way to succeed. Are you suggesting that we teach others the very moves we taught ourselves? The otter put forth. Lazo knew him as a regular, not from within their community, but had never spoken to him before. Succinctly put, Reed, said Liam, whiskers twitching as his head tilted. Not just the moves, but the very philosophy of the movement. Sounds like waste of time to me, drawled a deep voice. None of the tracers needed to turn around to know it was the Wolverine Skya. What do we get out of it? Liam looked back at the mustelid coolly. You find your way to the wrong campfire, mate? Already his tail was starting to sway back and forth, and Lazole wondered for the umpteenth time why Liam hadn't banned that oversized lump of bourbon-scented fur from the gatherings. Skya may be the best brawler among them, but the civet didn't doubt that Liam would have the support of the rest if it came down to it. No, but I'm starting to wonder if you are losing your touch. Skya laughed uproariously, and even his acquaintance Kruski looked nervous. The rest of the tracers threw scowls at Skya, but as long as the gathering was on, nothing could be done. I would therefore like to hear any views anyone may have on this suggestion, continued Liam, forcing his tail to stay calm. For though some of us may not see the purpose of such a plan, it will give others the capacity to embrace our ways, and through that we will know what it is like to mentor others. Why exactly should we do that? asked the Red Panda. All that talk about mentorship sounds very well and good in theory, but how practical is it really? Chow and I already have our paws full assisting each other in jobs, it wouldn't be in the best interests of those occupied with contracts to sacrifice whatever cash time there is for themselves. We're paid by the job, not the hour. Liam nodded understandingly. Point taken. Asun? The cat turned to the leopard, who fidgeted. 
Not many of the Tracers respected his decision to continue his day job with the Grounders and yet retain several delivery runs. They felt it made his commitments double-ended such that he couldn't be trusted with their beliefs. "'Many of us are here because we have nowhere else to turn to,' began the Leopard. "'Speak for yourself,' muttered Kruski. "'But here they find family. As family, we should help younger brothers,' Asun's ears flicked. "'That is why I keep coming for gatherings, because you all family.' Everyone was silent as Asun echoed their thoughts. Lezo knew every one of the Tracer's stories, despite having only been there for half a year. Ching, the Red Panda, and the Pangolin Chow left Fujian province after the government made serving in the armed forces mandatory. Asun barely escaped after civil unrest plagued his hometown and suffered weeks in an overladen ship. Less than half of the refugees survived. Skaya worked at the bus depot in a city he neglected to mention. A knight at the bar saw him breaking the jaws of two guys who insulted him, and how he made his way to Intersection City was anyone's guess. Everyone had their own story, but everyone was also alone when they arrived in a strange land far from home, a home they could never return to for as many reasons as there were tracers. No one knew Liam's story, but that much was due to one who had done so much to keep everyone together. Thank you for your insight, Asun. You have any other thoughts on this, Lizzo? Liam asked quickly, even as Skaya made the comment. I think Asun has a point, said Lizzo. The very principle of the movement is not just the freedom to move, but also freedom of self. I do not believe that anyone in the world has the right to deny that of anybody. I am for it. Then we shall consider our current status before such training is to be done, said Liam as he folded his arms. I would now pass the floor to everyone else. Does anyone have anything they would like to share with his fellows? I heard from my contacts that the police are looking for a missing cub, said Chow. Reed confirmed it with a nod. About 16 years old, fled from police custody. No mention of species, though. Best everyone look sharp for now. The cops leave us alone, but they can make life difficult. Oh yeah, Dirty Slick says he needs a couple of guys to make discreet pass to some of his bros over at the bus station, said Skaya. If any of you want the job, it has to be done before sunrise. The nocturnals might be better suited for this sort of thing if you ask me. Who the hell does deliveries in the dead of night? Those who wish to deliver illegal stuff, said Liam. The tracer snorted. Then what has stopped me? asked Skaya as he lifted a bottle of Budweiser to his lips. Everyone knew Skaya had quite a reputation. Some gangs operated their smuggling rackets through intersections' many transport channels, and certain goods were delivered by less orthodox means to prevent prior searches by police. All right, then. Is there anything else? asked Liam, his whiskers twitching. If not, I declare the gathering over. Liam slid off the crate in a fluid, easy movement as the others started talking amongst themselves. Lazo saw Snoss sitting uncomfortably to the side, so made his way over toward him. Aye, it's Snoss, isn't it? asked Lazo. I'm Lazo Maboiza. Snoss jerked his head toward him as he sat upright, ears flicking agitatedly as his eyes darted to Liam, who was chatting with some of the guys. The stallion gingerly shook Lazo's paw, and even through calloused pads, Lazo could feel that the cool hoof tips of the horse were barely worn, as they should have gotten from contacting concrete surfaces. A newcomer indeed. So, where are you from? asked Lazo, fighting back his misgivings of the stallion's lack of confidence. I'm from Paris. I'm from New York, said Snoss, his teeth clicking even as his eyes darted from left to right. Lazo wondered if he thought he was about to get mugged by him in the guise but it kind of made sense, given what he heard from others about that city. I've been here about a week. 
The city's not quite what it seems, he laughed nervously. Lazot smiled. Found out about the roof community when you took to the buildings, eh? Snoss looked surprised. Shit, did Liam tell you about that? He stuttered, nostrils flaring as he did. Lazo shook his head. I've only just found out about you during the gathering. Most everyone here learned about the other tracers only when the thirst for the movement drew them upwards. We are not from the same place, but we are all of the same... Here Lazo fought for the right word. Same mind? Same heart? Same spirit? Clarified Lazo. Sorry, my English is lousy. I understood it just fine, assured Snoss. He looked back skittishly as Skya ran past them, showing off a wall-step move against a weighted crate for the benefit of Krusky and anyone else who would watch. His clawed, muscular feet gave a certain traction to his technique, and he ended it rather gracefully for his stature. Liam looked disapprovingly at him, but one knew better than to confront Skya in the midst of his moves. The cat walked toward Lizzo even as the civet was explaining to Snoss why showing off wasn't an encouraged aspect of the movement. Disciples of the movement aimed only to improve oneself, not to be better than those around them. "'Getting acquainted, I see,' commented Liam as he neared, whiskers twitched in a grin. Snoss looked relieved that his introductory was here. "'So how are you finding the community so far? Nothing like you've seen before, eh?' "'It's definitely unlike the get-togethers in Manhattan.' The guys are much rowdier here, and Lazo here seems to know a lot more about the movement, answered Snoss, looking uncertainly back at the civet. Well, he's not the only one. Go talk to the others. Liam threw up his paws. Go on, scoot! Snoss looked taken aback, but he got up with a toss of his mane, looking uncertainly among the different cliques of tracers. That settles him for now, said Liam, rubbing his paws with satisfaction. Come, Lazo, there's something I need to talk to you about, away from the others. A dash, coupled with an overpaw vault later, Lazo perched on a concrete encasement as Liam paced around. "'What's this about, Liam?' The cat was agitated even as he found his words, tail lashing about even as he moved. Lazo was starting to recall an American phrase which had to do with cats and their tongues when Liam finally spoke. "'I would like you to mentor the new guy.' This was the first of three parts of A Leap Forward by Mikasi Wolf, read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. Tune in next time to find out how Lazo reacts at the prospect of having to mentor Snoss. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.